Today you will be hearing from four GC seniors. They will each be sharing their personal faith stories. First, we will hear from Sydney Stein. Sydney is an exercise science major with a focus in equine therapy from Clayton, Indiana. Next will be Mary O'Connell. Mary is a double major in sign language interpreting and social work from Milton, Pennsylvania. Then, Deborah Chidimu will be speaking. Deborah is a nursing major from the Democratic Republic of Congo. After Deborah, Micah Raver will share his faith story. Micah is an accounting and business major. He is from Millersburg, Ohio. During the next 45 minutes, we ask that you please put away your electronics and be respectful to the speakers. These people are your peers, and it's not easy to be vulnerable in this setting, so please be respectful. Following the speakers, we will sing one closing song, so please stay seated for that. Please help me welcome Sydney Stein. Good morning. My name is Sydney Stein. I'm a senior exercise science major. I remember when I would look forward to the day I would have enough confidence to speak about my faith and the journey that took me to get this far. When I say it's been a journey, it has. As my friends, family, and coaches. My faith journey has been all over the place in my 23 years. I remember parts of my life when I was so upset, angry, hurt, and crushed that I was not even sure if I would ever have my back. Between losing my sister, her normal struggle with addiction, and then recently losing my great aunt, it's quite strange how it all has happened. The moments leading up to the journey, how my family felt, how people around us were affected, and the way we took to rationalize the situations, how it changed me and ultimately brought me here today. Six months ago, someone asked me, what's the hope for people? I remember answering, I don't know why you're asking this. But that question has stuck to me, and today I'm finally able to answer that. It started when she was five and a half years old, when she was diagnosed with cancer. A rare cancer that was 50 to 60% curable, and even worse among toddlers. But from the horrible things to the beautiful story of being saved by God's grace, and a story of a broken sick girl, and somehow that story became mine to tell how she died. I was seven years old when my sister passed, and I don't really remember much about her besides her and I being only with red hair, kneeling at the hospital bed with her, and asking me to shave my head when she lost her hair. Her pictures and photo albums memories from older family members. I can't understand her as a beautiful, loving person. I never truly really got to form my own memories of her, but I think about her often and know that she's watching over me grow up with Basically, my entire life has been without a little sister. And I try not to let this affect me, but there are times in my life when I meet others who have younger and older siblings. Don't get me wrong, I love my younger siblings. They're so much fun, but an older sister has a unique and important part in a family and not having them with a child in there. Attending church as a family just didn't seem right when I would always ask myself, if God was so lovely, why would he take my sister away? I shied away from church and I was only my family to do so because I wasn't sure if I really trusted it. Eleven years later, when normal struggle with addiction, my family completely broke at this point, being homeless, watching my parents go through the divorce, trying to figure out how to live with my younger sister in this apart. Countless many meetings and relapses, she's now five years clean. And watching her strength mold her into a better woman, I realized how much she impacts me. My mom is a person who never takes a day for granted, and she endured so much immense amount of pain in the short life that we are on this earth. How she chooses to deal with her pain continues forward and leads me home. I think we as humans have such a difficult time giving everything up to God because we become so accustomed to temporary things in this world. But she constantly shows me the power of her prayer 
and what actually makes you continue to find yourself in your and truly let go of your friend. Someone in my faith journey really good. Bro, I'm sorry. Three months ago, I lost my great aunt, January 29th of this year, she went to heaven. And I can't begin to explain how everything I felt that day. Everything was and sometimes it's so surreal. For those of you who have experienced loss in some way, I'm certain you can relate to this. When they say grief comes in the way, it's going to be it. Sometimes the waves were calm, other days it was so overwhelming that I forgot how to overall swim. And I drowned in my sorrows. All the what ifs and what could have been drive me insane. But as time has passed, I realized something. I believe that the reason I have been able to continue forward in this life, down the right path without her, all comes back to the theme of love. How she loved me, how my family and friends love me, and how God loves me. And I believe that love is the most powerful force of coming. Why? Because love does not die. When someone we love dies, our love for them stays. Grief is proof of this. This love God has created in us reflects the love He has for us. We do not need to be perfect to feel love, but we just need to be you and exactly who He created you to be. And I believe that my sister and my great aunt lived by this is one of the main reasons why they touched so many lives. When my aunt first passed away, I would continually question how how would God so good to take her away? Why my family? Why my aunt? We still don't know my sister. But then things change, and I can't really truly give you a reason why it all happened. But quite honestly, I don't need a why. I don't need to justify the best. I don't need to. I don't need a reason. They instilled strength in me to trust the process and continue through the unknown of God. I came to realize I had it all wrong. The pain I felt caused me to realize all these conditions would be put on God. God will love me if this would happen if I would have just stopped. There's so much more to this life that God wants for us. I lost the blows in those painful days when I felt like I was too tired to give me a new perspective. Most of the time, it came from other people having a conversation with me, then reaching out to me, encouraging me, just a simple gesture made by friends, family, and strangers that shaped me. Our words have the power to encourage and change lives. Love changes people. You know how much your kindness might mean to someone. You never know. This was the way my sister and aunt lived too. It didn't matter who you were, where you were from, your skin color, Weight, religion, gender, etc. You are just a human being in the right and you deserve to contribute to love and kindness. I write about these points in my life so that I can express how important it is to trust in God's plan no matter what. That's greatly what I've learned in my journey. <clears throat> I went through times where I resisted God's plan and I was so angry for him for not letting me know and love my own sister, for allowing my mom to go through the trenches of addiction and allowing my cancer to kill not only one of my family members but another one. But that's just it. I wanted to let go and let God. He is so giving and powerful. He gave me a truly amazing life that I'm eternally grateful for. God is making things happen, moving our hearts, opening doors, and maybe even closing some. All the grace is exactly what we're in now. I also believe that other, I also believe that certain people enter our lives because of Him. Some for a season, some forever, but every single person has a reason. Through our toughest days, we find out what we're really capable of and how we react to our circumstances is a true testament of our character. Life isn't easy and it can be unfair and things can be tough, but we can only choose our attitudes. So what exactly is my people? I think the most discovery, most important discovery is about ourselves. Because the more we can understand about who we are, and the more we can understand about others in the world around us. And then we can truly see how precious life is. There's a process to things, and it's just like everything to life. When we want to try to speed up the process, that most frustration comes. This is wrong, this isn't right. I can't say this, I can't say that. I only have to act this way, otherwise I won't be accepted. Stop that. And I think that's what I hope. And that's our biggest hope is that people can look and say, you know what, there's so much more. 
There's so much more to see, to love, there's so much more joy and excitement that people want to live intensely and every experience never encounter. That's why the presence is so important. And I hope for everyone to know that there's so much more than what they think they are, and who all you need is special and strong. And that I hope that everyone can find whatever is that makes their heart happy and makes them realize that there's nothing all that. My story isn't here to inform normal struggles, but it's here to tell you all that life goes on. Life is too short to hold things that are only going to weaken you or keep you from moving forward. The process can be painful, it can take a lot of time to fully develop into something beautiful, but it's worth the way. God's plan will always be greater and more beautiful than all your disappointments. On the darkest and scariest days, try to find hope. If you're so down and weak that you can't get out of your own darkness, allow Christ to lift you. Be a supporter to those who need it, you do make a difference. Whether it's a card, text, a meal, phone call, whatever, just do it and pray. Tell others you're praying for them and do it and love them. We are called to be humble servants to our neighbors, no matter who you are, where you are, you can show God's love to someone else. We may not all have our lives figured out yet, and that even close, but God continues to remind us that we all have a purpose in this life. Everyone has a purpose to fulfill, and God will lead us in the right direction. We just must choose to follow Him and trust Him with everything we have. There's a reason we go through trials and difficult seasons. Trust might be the most difficult thing to do during those times. Our God is so faithful. Trust your heart and keep moving forward. I wasn't a good Christian if I didn't do this. 
I felt a heavy burden to watch out for people around me and somehow teach them to be Christians like me in order to save them. Through mentorship from two very wise women, support from incredible friends, and lots of internal processing, I made it through this spiritual crisis. I now feel so much more freedom and assurance knowing that I do believe in a God who is present and is orchestrating my life and who cannot be contained to organized religion. I don't need to save the people around me. I just need to meet them where they're at, accept them, and love them, and through that, God may just bring them healing and truth. One of the biggest ways God has showed up to me during my time at Goshen College is to the people around me. I have hurt the people that I love and have been hurt by people who love me and people who I love. And I've also experienced the beautiful, beautiful gifts of forgiveness and reconciliation. I know my spiritual journey is not. 
I want to continue to learn about how other religions and other people experience and practice spirituality. I'm excited to continue this journey because the world is full of beautiful things that I have yet to discover. Speaking of beautiful things, I want to conclude with a short story. The other day, I was taking a walk with a friend in a neighborhood in Goshen. And this is a neighborhood that we both have driven past so many times that we have never walked around there before. We were walking past some very large, fancy houses, and we were both blown away by just how beautiful these houses were, and the fact that we had never even noticed them before and didn't know that they were right here in our backyard. And my friend at one point turned to me and said, are we even still in Goshen? And it was one of those like really exciting moments where I realized like there's beauty right here in front of my eyes, I just have to look for it. And it's experiences like this that bring so much life and excitement. There is God and beauty all around us. Sometimes we just need to look for it. Thank you. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. 
is the evidence of what we cannot see. So that's faith, evidence of what we cannot see. How do I trust something that I don't see? I like to have things here. I like to see people, to trust those people around me. But how can I trust when I can see it? So that's what I'm listening to faith. How do I do? How can I get you to that point of saying that even though I have all these things going on in my life, I can see trust. I can see me being on God. I can see go forward. How do I do it? Well, I knew things won't be fixed if I lean on my own strength. It won't be fixed if I still have doubts. It won't be fixed if I can trust. Because faith shows the reality. It's me. The evidence of things we cannot see. Let me give you an example. I get hit by my brothers all the time, even now. They might tell, they might tell me, oh, Deborah, can you give us a little bit of money? We give you twice the amount. You know, I'm here going to ask the money that I'm So I'm like, okay, trust the amount. Okay, I trust. I give them like, anything they ask. I give it to them. Just for a backup, I never see it by the <laughs> I gave it to them. That's trusting. I trust in what they say. And things that I cannot see is that I didn't even see the amount of that they wanted to promise me. But I still gave it to them. I'm like, okay, this is a very good price coming up. I have to give this. But that's how I feel and I feel like he works with God. God said, give, give me what you have in your hands. Give me. Those workload that you are preparing for yourself. Give me that pain. Give me everything that you're going through. Like, give it to me. Let me help you. Let me give you my hand. Let me work with you in this in your stepping on there. So I let God do it. Even though it was hard. I was like, okay. This is what I'm going through. This is, you know, first of all, let me say. Caution, GC has incredible, incredible people in GC. There's a lot of people that you can go to. Like friends, my friends have me love through my years here in Caution. That's true. But I lean on God. I let God take everything. I let God just take the will, you know, just go with it. But in those times, I felt like easy if I can say, I told myself, okay, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is how I'm supposed to go with God. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is what it means to put God first. Just letting Him do everything. Isn't this awesome time of fear going through mercy, going through school, not only mercy, going through our years, going through everything you're like, God, I cannot take this. This is too much. Take this for me. This is pretty much how I work with my senior person, if I can say. If you want to know more, you'll just come back later and we talk. But I didn't tell you what I'm friends. Keep going. Little more faith. <coughs> by step one, by one, you shall make You will make it. And I'm eight. I'm eight. So you will make it. Everything that's going on, just trust, love, let go.
So, talk about growing up a little bit and what my background is. I went to a Mennonite church, grew up in a Mennonite family, my Mennonite, not really worried about that right now, I don't really know. Um, there are two things, as I was thinking about sharing this morning, like, okay, faith story, like, wow, keep, keep you guys here the rest of the day and you probably get tired of it, but faith story, what, what sorts of things that I focus on? And there were two things, kind of two main things that, that jumped out to me as I was thinking. One was fear. A lot of fear. So fear is one. And then the other one is kind of the act of choosing. So fear and choosing have five to ten minutes to okay, work with this idea. So I decided to follow Christ when I was twelve. I didn't really have a great understanding of what that would actually do to my life, but I was like, okay. I'll do it. So I got my family together and said, hey, this is, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm going to follow. And they're like, celebrating, that's what was really good. But I didn't know what, what that really meant in the long run. So when I was in middle school and high school, I dealt with a lot of fear that came from the like a variety of different places, different books that I read, or worries about the future, or what would happen to my family, just lots of things. I recognized I didn't have much control. Middle school and high school, I recognized, wow, I don't have any control whatsoever. And I was afraid. I didn't know what, what was going to happen. And fear, when I was younger, fear was almost like getting on a train and you're headed that one way on the track. And then I forgot where the door was to get off. I was just afraid and I didn't know how to get out. And it was just like overwhelming all the time. It was just like, I didn't know what to do. And when I was 13 or 14, I remember my grandfather came and he prayed for me. And it was like the door got open and he was like, oh, there's the door that I got out. I was like, huh. My grandfather prayed for me. I say I'm a Christian, but my grandfather prayed for me. And now I have peace. I need, I need to work with this idea. What, what does this mean? Because suddenly my life changed. Maybe not everybody, not everybody experiences God's provision in the same way, but I had peace for a while. Okay. But still continued fear in high school and then into college. And somewhere around 15 years old, I, the fear got to the point where I didn't expect to live to be 16. And then I got to be 16, like, oh, okay, I didn't expect to make it here. And then 17, like, well, I didn't expect to make it 17, and then 18, 19, 20. And then right before I turned 21, one of my friends told me, like, you know, you're dealing with a lot of fear. Do you really believe what you say you believe? Like, if Jesus is really good, if he really loves you, if he really will never leave you like he promises, do you actually believe that? So they're like, ooh, I need to think about that. Do I actually believe, like, am I acting in a way that shows my faith in God? I'm not convinced that I am. So then that's kind of a little bit scary to you. And then another one of my friends said, hey, you, you're afraid. And it seems like you've been living without hope if you know anything about the Christian, about the Christian Bible that talks about hope and joy, they're two fruits of the Spirit. And she was saying, no, I don't really see those in you. And why have you been expecting to die? I said, well, I just, I'm afraid that's kind of what fear does. It kind of takes the hope and joy out of things. And I didn't understand really how much of a journey, like how much of a journey it is choosing to follow God. Like it's an everyday choice. It's not like, I thought my, Choices as a 12-year-old um, kind of summed up the choices that I need, needed to make. 
And then they realize, like, oh, I need to, I need to pray. I need to read scripture. I need to seek out community. And then, so some of you know, I was in a gap here. If you wanted to um, experience some getting out of your comfort zone, leave the country uh, with a group of people that you don't know and try to speak another language. And some of you have done that already, and that's props. <laughs> During my gap year, I started to understand, like, I actually need to believe and act on what Jesus said. Like, if I actually believe what he said, my life will reflect what, like, what his promises are. Like, if you're familiar with all the book of Matthew, it's the first gospel, it's the first book of the New Testament. At the end of that, Jesus says, I will be with you always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Like, oh, well, I don't really believe that. I feel alone all the time and I feel scared. Like, huh, how do I, how do I walk in that? And also in Romans 8, 28, it says, all things come together for good for those who love him and who are called for his first place. But if all things come together for good and Jesus still died, what, how do I need to think about that first? So, during my gap year, I was thinking about how do I apply these promises? How do I actually have hope and have joy? And it's quite a process. It's still a process. There's still times where, oh, it's 10 in the morning and it's like, wow, this is just incredibly hard to get up this morning. There doesn't seem to be a lot of hope. But in this journey of choosing God, I started to recognize that God has a lot of patience. And that as I learned, like, things do change. There was a time, um, yeah, we were working with people who, at that time, were refugees, hopefully not anymore, but was working as a, as somebody who was kind of keeping guard uh, over this area. And there was a fellow who was about my height, and now weighing by about 100 pounds, he was a big dude, he was pretty scared. And it was like, huh, people get hurt here a lot, and I don't, I don't know, but I know that Jesus loves this person. So I'm supposed to love them too. This is authentic faith of believing his promises. And this guy, he was talking, I didn't really understand anything, we didn't really understand anything, we didn't speak each other's language, and ended up with him putting his forearm into my chest and pushing me back about eight to ten feet on ground. So I was like, I can't really do anything in this day. But I had complete peace during that time. And it was like, it was a time of very, like, honestly seeking God every morning. Like, wow, there's a lot of peace during this time. This is nuts. I should have been terrified. And maybe there will be times in life where I have a lot of fear, and that's okay. But that's a time where I recognize that, huh, if my faith is in something that's bigger than me and more powerful than me, then I don't need to be afraid of So, just seeing Jesus' power in that way. And then, yeah, authentic faith, you know, grabbing up your authentic faith of believing, even when you can't see. I feel like you, I didn't, you stole it my phone.
community or various other things that, yeah, I guess the last point is kind of cliche, but I'm recognizing how much God loves me and how much that really does change how I live. Yeah. So thank you for listening. <laughs>